0: Welcome to Brummies Blue, the dedicated Birmingham City Women's Football Club podcast. Coming up on this week's show, we discuss Northern Ireland's creating history, the media storm surrounding Birmingham City, the defeat to Chelsea, and preview Sunday's game with Coventry United.
1: Birmingham City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain.
0: Dangerous ball, there's
1: a
2: looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City, Abby
0: Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner, guided in by Lucy Whip, just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal, cracking save by Hampton. Welcome everyone once again, fresh from our Easter week off. We are back to talk all things Birmingham City women. If you're new to the show, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube if you prefer the audio only version. You can also find the show on Spotify, Amazon Music and everywhere else you can find podcasts. I'm Craig and I'm joined as always by Kaz and Stacey. First of all, Kaz, happy birthday and how have you been?
1: <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, a bit drunk, but hey, or <laughs> the pubs are open, I guess. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> what about you, Stacey? Are you OK?
2: I'm all right. I'm actually currently joined by my support bubble slash carer, who I've had during lockdown, who's having a drink with main cars. So everyone, salads, Kayla. Hi guys.
0: So but (laughs) apart from that, I'm good. Good to hear it. We will start this week's show by looking back at the defeat to Chelsea. The 6-0 was the final score as the league's informed side ran riot at King's Meadow. I thought we started the game quite well. We looked compact and defensively organised for the opening 24 minutes or so. Hannah Hampton then denies Pirlo on harder, but could do nothing as Sam Kerr follows up to tap home from the tightest of angles. Kerr then gets two quick-fire headers to give Chelsea a 3-0 half-time lead. Another solid start after the restart, though. I thought we were under pressure, but we remained solid. That is until Fran Kirby swept the ball into the net from a Beth England cutback. Guru, Raitan and Kirby then added further two goals later on. It was a game we didn't expect much from, Stacey, but what did you make of the game as a whole?
2: As you said, I thought we started extremely well. I thought we'd done well to get to where we did at 0-0. We all know what type of team Chelsea are by now. I think the majority of people would say they are the runaway leaders now, uh, even though points-wise they're not technically... But I doubt you'd find anyone that would say that they don't believe Chelsea are going to win the league this season and even push on to win the Champions League, be the first English club to win the Champions League. Um, so I don't, I didn't expect anything going into the game. Um, I didn't necessarily feel disappointed by losing the game. But I thought we started, as you said, started really well. Uh, I thought we set up well. We defended well, we pressed well. I think it was always going to be a case of what time you lose a goal will depend on how you then play differently, perhaps, depending on when you concede a goal. Obviously, I think that every team goes out to win a game, but I think we did set up for, we know what Chelsea are capable of, let's try and keep our scoreline as good as we can for the position that we're in, along with the other people that we're in, let's have a a thought of goal difference here. Um, And I think tactically we probably went into the game correctly. And I think we did. I think we probably executed the tactics that we were looking for. As a fan, it probably wasn't the best of the games to watch, but... Then on the other side of things, sitting as a fan and like really thinking about it, I think it was probably a decent game for us. In all fairness, with the chances Chelsea had and that what we defended against, I think we did. Considering the scoreline, I, th- I feel like we did okay. Which just yeah. for, me, for me, it proves the prowess of Chelsea rather than the the, the than anything on us.
0: Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would say so. Obviously, I think there was a similar scoreline last season, and I thought we actually played quite well considering the the scoreline at um, Damson Park in that one. Um, Kaz Fran Kirby is showing that sort of form that got her the move to Chelsea in the first place all those years ago. Where do you think her best position is, Kaz? Obviously, she should be starting every game now for England. But where in the lineup do you put her? That is
1: that is a good question, isn't it? Like we all know what Fran is capable of, and. I think since coming back from her latest injury, she's been absolutely superb. Um, so for me, I think she's playing on the wide, isn't she, of the front front three. Um, is that her p- position? I'd probably say not. I'd probably see her as a number nine. Um, but with the attacking force that Chelsea have, um, I think... Any one of five players could play where Fran is and they'd still do a fantastic job. But I think Fran Kirby is the best player in the league this season, if not probably the best attacking player in Europe at the minute, in my opinion. And, yeah, if if she doesn't get on the plane for Team GB or even getting the squad for the Euros next year, then... I think it's a load of, um, of uh, banana skins. If, uh... oh, I was going
2: to say, I don't think you can say anything about the team GB because I think the majority of fans will sit here and go now and go, who the hell do, does she take? Because she clearly doesn't know about the England team, which we'll probably get on to shortly. Um, so if she doesn't know about that, how, how is she meant to know about the Wales team, the Scotland team? and the Northern Ireland team. But I'm sure we'll, Craig's looking at me as if to say, we'll get on to that in a minute, guys. So, yeah. Go on, Craig. What was you going to say next?
0: No, that's all right. I think I think you're getting better better at segues than I am, to be honest. But um, in, in terms of England, yeah. Uh, Fran Kirby, I think I agree with Kaz. I think as a nine, I think that's... She, she's obviously different to the way Ellen White plays for England, so she will be a different type of number nine for England. But with the likes of Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly in such good form on the wings, you want to have someone... Different in the mid, in the middle, uh, up front. That's going to get the goals, and Frank Kirby certainly is that. And as we're on the subject of England, as Stacey said, um, Stacey, what did you make of Heger-Reese's selections? Obviously, I'm still not a fan of Rachel Daly at le- at fullback. No. I, I don't know about you. Oh,
1: don't get us well,
2: out. Rachel Daly's playing at fullback when she doesn't play there for a team. No, like, first off, as 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 I alluded to, she she clearly doesn't know the English game. Clearly, like I feel like she is basing her team selection on media presence. How let's let's just go to one key area. You've got goalkeepers. So she selected four goalkeepers, right? So that was um, Ellie Robock, Sandy Me, M- 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 S- McIver. Sandy, yeah, thank you. KB and Carly Talford. Right. I get Ellie Roebuck. My my personal opinion, at this present moment, she's the best English goalkeeper at the moment. Then you've got Carly Talford. Can someone please tell me the last time Carly Talford played two consecutive WSL got uh, games? KB hasn't played a game in Hammond. Sandy Again, I'd probably say Sandy, up and coming an English goalkeeper, she's done fantastic for Everton. I agree with her selection. Yeah, I get it. Right.
1: That's never a penalty, sorry.
2: And then and then you're like, okay, so they're the four you've taken. So what two are you gonna play? You're gonna play the two keepers that haven't played in the league since you've been appointed as England manager. So you clearly, and this was the quote she put out to the press was something along the lines of, I want to see what they can do. The reason she wants to see what they can do is because she hasn't seen it in the league. From my point of view, if you haven't seen it from them in the league, why are you even having the thought of considering them in contention for your squad? When you have the likes of Hannah Hampton, who's playing week in, week eight, and I'd probably say at this present moment in time, the second English bet, the best the second best English goalkeeper in the league at this present time you've got someone like Sophie Bagley who yes Bristol are not in the position that they would wish to be in but Sophie has played every game week in week out for how many years now yes she has bad moments but at times the reason that she has bad moments is because you haven't got a great defence in front of you if you're really mobile, you know you've got nine times out of ten you've got Lucy Bronze Steph Horton X, X, X other people in front of you You know you're having an easier time In goal than if you're sat in the Bristol goal in the discussion But Sophie and Hannah don't seem to even be Getting on these radars And it's like English goalkeepers In this league, let's be fair You've got Anne's probably one of the best goalkeepers in this league German Then you look at Arsenal's goalkeeper Decent goalkeeper not English. So I don't, it, it, it clearly to me proved a point that she doesn't know the league if she doesn't know them two keepers. Women's football fans know what they're capable of. We know what Carly Talf could do. We know KB can do. They've done it for years. Do I think that at this point in time they're probably past it? And should we be looking at younger keepers? Yes. Because if your England manager, because that's what she is, let's not go while well, she's an interim. I know she's an interim. But at the moment, she's England manager who is taking an Olympic squad to the Olympics. She should know WSL football better than what she does if she's going to be taking a squad to the Olympics. Because how is she fairly going to pick people? Because in my opinion, if you don't know the league, you can't pick fairly. We want to be taking the best players that we possibly can. Because as Great Britain, we want a gold medal. We want to do one over the Americans. We want to do one over in calendar. Japanese, the Brazilians, like that's what we want. All of us as football fans will go, we want the women to win a gold medal. I can't see how we're going to win a gold medal being led by someone who doesn't know the players. So there you go. There's another, there's another one for you, Chris.
0: Sorry. Free. Craig but yeah. yes I I, I I, can see where you're going from obviously mm-hmm. I was listening to the Man United podcast a bit earlier on before our show and I asked the question if they thought Hayley Ladd would go to the team GB and they don't think that she's playing well enough and getting in the team enough to go which is a real shame considering what we know she's capable of but in don't the position though
2: so that Hayley Ladd is probably one of Wales best players in that position
0: I think I think what they said is obviously Sophie Ingle is a similar position to her and she's probably going to get picked given the small size of squad that they can take to the Olympics. But it, it would be a shame if she doesn't go because I think she's more than capable of being that player alongside Kira Walsh. If you need two defensive players in a in a game against America, for example, those two would well, work well together. I, went I do to, you think Craig, though,
2: it's going to be interesting in what percentage that it gets picked over because obviously you've also got the likes of a few... England players that could play that position you've got a couple of Scottish players that, and it, it's going to be such an interesting time when the uh, the team's actually announced and picked as I think we've all got our own opinions of who should go and who shouldn't but um, it's I I can't see Hallie getting in if it was up to me I probably would throw Harley in there but yeah no
0: for, from what I can gather, she's been dealing with some injuries recently, so that might that might put her out of contention mm. anyway. So it, it's unfortunate. And get, getting back onto England, it's two defeats for England against France and Canada, which shows to me that England is still way off where they want to be. Playing our best players in their best positions would be a great start, though, as as we alluded to, Rachel Daly is a striker for Houston Dash. And they won the NWSL Challenge Cup last year on the back of that performance of her being up front leading the line. And England also have the problem that they have Steph, Hort, uh, Steph, Hout, uh, Steph Horton, I got it go right the first time, isn't in the team. They look like they can't function as a defensive unit. And given that Kaz, that she's going to eventually retire in the, the next few years, they've got to organise that backline better if they're going to play without her because she's not going to be there forever. And in your opinion, who do you think is that person to make that defensive backline more so?
1: <laughs> You're really asking me that question, who, who do I think is going to be the backline? When Steph Horton retires. <laughs> Go on, cast. Sing, Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Sing she's better than Steph. Um, so, I think Aoife could potentially be... Long term. Yeah. yeah. Long term. One, obviously, once she's fully recovered from her ACL. Obviously, not at this precise moment in time, because I think she's only played, what, one game of 90 minutes. Um yeah. Uh, do you know what? For me, personally, for England, I would love to see Amy Turner and Millie Turner, is it? Yeah. yeah. Right? For me, they are the best two defenders in this league. Come I know home. people go on about Millie Bright, and I love Millie Bright. I, am, I might slag her when she's on the pitch playing against Blues. But she is a fantastic defender. Um, so, for me, I'd like to see Millie and Amy play. I don't understand why Amy hasn't been called up yet. Um, as for left-back, right-back, I think people are going to probably slate me here because I think Lucy Bronze is not the player. Amy she has-
2: was- Can we just say, Amy has been playing at right-back for Man United majority of the season rather than centre-back.
1: It's my turn to speak, so shut oh. up. <laughs> right. So yes, boss. <laughs> so obviously for me, I think um Lucy Bronze has lost some it. She's lost a pace going out to France. Um am I saying she's a bad defender? No. But I don't know who you're gonna get to play the other side of the pitch, because for me, Demi Stokes, not good enough. Alex Greenwood,
0: not good enough. Um I do I do feel I, like that left back position is is a, is an area we need to look at, which we don't really have that much um, experience why are you in that people position. Not looking at Jess Carter? Yeah, you've got Jess Carter, you've got Maz Pacheco, you, you're a big fan of her but... as well, haven't you? In the few, in the yeah, past.
1: Like you I think, think, I she think, think she had I the best Chelsea you... ever in the Champions League and didn't get played the next guy. <laughs> Go on, Kaz. I'm just thinking you've got all these young cracking players that need need to be brought through now. Right, but get them played the friendly games. We don't we, ne- we don't need to know. I'm not being funny. We don't need to know what Jill Scott looks like in midfield. We know what Jill's capable of. We don't need to see Carly Telford. We don't need to see KB. In my opinion, Demi Stokes just proved last night she's. She, I don't know if she's coming back from injury or what, but she's not good enough for England no more. Like, you need to get rid of all these old players. That aren't going to be around next year just because you want all the best players to go to the Euros or the apparently the best players to go to the um, Team GB. Why is Farrell Williams not in this England squad? Do you know there's so many players if you want to keep the old ones in? There's so many better players out there, in my opinion. And there's so many better,
2: I'd say so many better youngsters that you could give that time to who could then go out there and try and prove themselves rather than go, oh, we'll have a look at what KB is like in goal. What we've known for the last 10 years, same with Carly Talford. Like, have a look at the footage, look at the new players that have only been around for a couple of years, but are still only 18, 19, 20, 21, who are at a level playing competitively. At a higher level than the others
1: because they're bench warming. So, yeah, go on, Caris. A good one and one about defenders. Why is Keris Herop not being called up yet? She's better than Demi Storks. She's better than flipping Alex Greenwood.
2: Played more games in the WSL. Then, yeah. Played more championship games than some of them as well, like you know what I mean. People forget that sir. we're in a Birmingham city, don't we? That's what it is.
0: Anyway, carry oh, on,
1: next question. No,
0: that's okay. <laughs> she, obviously, obviously, she's been out injured at the moment, but obviously Gemma Bonner would be another option as she's been yeah. consistent well, Bonner, she's when a, she wasn't. two-time
2: league winner with Liverpool when I think people forget about the fact that Gemma Bonner actually won the league twice with Liverpool, played Champions League football. I think... Before she they, went
1: to Manchester City.
2: Yeah, uh, and no, but I think because she did, her career didn't kick off straight away at Manchester City, she was... In and out of the team, she was thrown from centre back to right back, centre back to right back. She she didn't have a great start to her career at City, and I think people forget about what she actually did at Liverpool before the last couple of seasons, where she's got settled at Man City and she sort of found a rhythm there. And I think because she had that little bit of a stuttery start at Man City, people forget what she actually did at Liverpool and that the fact she was a Two-time WSL winner and Champions League, like veteran, and I think people forget about that. And you've got you've got to give Gemma Bonner the credit. And as we've said, if you're looking for someone who has experience, who's not the dead wood, as Kaz said, why are you not looking at Gemma Bonner with the experience she has? The age she she's still she's still one of the younger people that. In contention of who we're talking about, who could be going? She's she's one of the younger ones of them, but she doesn't seem to be getting in the England team week in week like camp after camp, and I, I, it baffles my head. It really does. Like I think Gemma Bonner is one of the most underrated defenders in the league, so yeah, shout out to Gemma.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and while England faltered, another of the home nations absolutely bossed it during the last week, and that was Northern Ireland. Kenny Shields' side played against Ukraine, a team ranked much higher than them, about 20 places in the FIFA rankings, and yet yet won both of the ties. Talismanic midfielder Rachel Furness put Ireland ahead before Dania Aparashchenko equalised for Ukraine. Uh, Furness then got injured shortly after, which turned out to be a broken ankle, which we wish her the best with um, in recovery. But with our own Chloe McCarron entering the game on the 32nd minute mark, Rebecca Holloway had started the game for Northern Ireland as well. Everton striker Simone McGill restored Northern Ireland's lead in the second half to take the tie to Belfast with two important away goals. Going into the second leg on home soil, Northern Ireland flew out of the traps with some worried that they might tire themselves out too quickly. It was 0-0 at the break, but then the big moment came when captain Marissa Callahan capitalised on a goalkeeping error to tap home and make it 3-1 on aggregate. We saw how much it means to a captain to score a goal for their team, Stacey, when Christy Murray scored for us against Bristol City. This one, though, is is on an entirely different level.
2: I think, obviously, there's there's always been the big debate about club and country, and I think I've always said to Kaz, there's a big thing, I will never have a player's name on the back of my shirt, whether it's club or country. And I think the main reason with country is because Throughout English history, no one ever keeps a number <laughs> from game to game, regardless of men or women. It's not like they have a set number and that's their number for the, the whole time they play for England. But I think, um, especially club, I was brought up with players come and go. It's about the badge on the front of the shirt. So, uh, yeah, it, it's... um Sorry. It's just kicked off on BT Sport and I've completely lost my train of thought because it was Jude Bellingham got pushed. So, I, shout out to the Blues fans. I saw Jude Bellingham got pushed and forgot where I was going with, with the a whole train of thought. What was the question again, Craig? i really sure,
1: Right. Basically, right, he's asking, right, what it meant to the Irish to score. And we've seen how oh, passionate yeah. Christy Murray is when she scored against... So, basically, what he's saying
0: is... Yeah, because the captain of Northern Ireland scored the goal, which effectively took them to the obviously, Euros, that's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. From the majority
2: of people, your country means more than club, which is what I was trying to get to before uh, Jude Bellingham was pushed in the Champions League. Um, club, clubs, club's are different thing to country. Like, every, I think every kid, not even football kids, Like I'm talking every kid, Dreams of playing for the country, like they did, like and then obviously, once you get into football, and you the further you get into you as you progress for the age levels, I think one of the one of the main things is always I want to score that goal for my country. Like it's Cassie's just laughing and really stop. <laughs>
0: Right, oh, I think they had a great time. I think, I think, I think we all get your point, uh, Stacey. Obviously, Thanks, it's, it's a great at me. <laughs> I'm glad you
1: do because I've got a clue what she's talking about.
0: She, she's saying it means more when you score for your country, and we all dreamed Thank of you, scoring Greg. for our country when we were younger. Right? Yeah, I get
2: that. And yeah. Every, everyone grows up of like if you don't dream, like let's be fair. If you want to be a professional footballer, you have to be professional about it, whether you're playing against the team you support or not, when it's you're playing for your country, that's it, you're playing for your country, you wear your heart on your sleeve. It's a complete, for me, international football compared to club football is a completely different ball game, completely.
1: Yeah.
2: Emotions are different, the way fans act dif- are different. So I think for this, to score for your country in a game where you, were, you only needed a draw to f- qualify for, you, for your first ever major tournament to score what you know in the back of your head, if you can keep this defence solid now, is the winning goal to take your club to the first ever international major tournament. She would have been like on cloud nine. She'll be on cloud nine now. What we're on about would have been. She'll still be buzzing now. She'll be buzzing until they go to the European yeah. Championships. Like it's, it's, I don't think people realise how massive this is. For Northern Ireland, like I know I've got people who are not even football fans who I know from Ireland, Northern Ireland obviously, who have actually mentioned the fact that the women are in the euro like they're buzzing, like they they don't follow football slash women's football, like but they're buzzing, like I don't think people realise like Northern Ireland as a nation are buzzing as a Scotland men have got to the through, like, it's it's a big deal. Like, give them the credit they deserved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously, Um, the manager, Kenny Shields, said after the game, it was probably the, one of the biggest achievements of sport in Northern Ireland, or even in the UK. It's it, You're taking a team which is mostly amateur players, and you've got them to a, a major European competition. Wasn't it that one? Like phenomenal.
2: Out of 60. Something like that. It, it was it, something yeah. stupid like that, weren't it? 52 out of the 60 that went through to qualifiers i think it was
1: the 49th out of 53 or something like that
0: yeah I, th- I think i think i saw somewhere on an irish podcast earlier that um it's the second smallest nation to ever make a european championship so i know oh,
2: they're it's the just... lowest ranked team to go through yeah so that as well yeah yeah
0: it's, it's phenomenal as uh, In in terms of the game, Ukraine then needed two goals after that goal to take it to extra time, but they were clearly rattled by that and the pressure paid off for Northern Ireland. The underdogs were in full dri- fully in the driving seat and it showed when Natia Pantsulea committed one of the most cynical red cards I've ever seen in the history of football. <laughs> Sarah Robson, current Durham and former Sunderland player, rolled back the years. The 33-year-old went on a run-up on the goal. She found a second win from somewhere, and the Ukrainian defender goes diagonally across the pitch to shoulder block her. The funny thing is the player actively had to run past the ball to take her out. Seek it out if you haven't seen it. Proper shithousery. And she was walking towards the tunnel before the referee even branded the card, which I love. When when players know that they're going to get a red card, they just don't even look back. And uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. But then... Nadine Coldwell then scored an injury time second to make it 4-1 on aggregate and seal Northern Ireland's place in their first major tournament, as we mentioned. They will play in the New- European Championships in England next year. Absolutely superb for everyone involved. Stacey, we haven't seen much of Chloe McCarron for the Blues so far this season, but she seems to be one of the first names on the Irish team sheet. That must give her a lot of confidence um, Play, play, getting to play week in and week out for a, na- a nation like this and then to get to a major tournament as well.
1: Oh, yeah, I
2: think... <sighs> I think with Chloe, it's it's a bit it's it's hard. It, it must be hard for her. She's a baba, and she's tried to move to England in the middle of a pandemic, and I think that must be hard for her. And I think I think the best you've seen of Chloe is in an Ireland shirt. Like I remember talking about her when we first signed her, and saying that I vaguely remember playing for Northern Ireland, and thought she was okay. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think we've seen that Chloe in a blue shirt. And then watching the other night, I thought, oh, she's playing really well again. And in the the only thing I can come up with is that she's a young girl. It's probably been hard for her moving to a different country. It's probably been especially hard because she can't see her family during that time. Um, and the fact that maybe she just hasn't settled within English football um, and that when she goes home to Ireland, she's able to go home to Ireland and that's maybe why she plays better with the Irish team that she's more comfortable and familiar with because you can blatantly see she's got potential and we're not, We're not seeing it in a Birmingham shirt in my eyes at the moment. And that's a sad thing to say. Don't get me wrong, I don't think she's playing horrendously for us or I just don't think we're getting the Chloe that you've seen in Northern Ireland shirt. And it's great that she's getting the minutes and I hope it gives her confidence and I hope she comes back after this international break and goes, look, I played really well in this game. I've now helped my country get to this position that they've never been in before. I'm now going to come back and I'm going to help my club survive this season and potentially help them go into bigger and better things next season. So um, it was great seeing her get the minutes. I just would like her to maybe perhaps portray the minutes she does in an Ireland shirt in a blue shirt.
0: I think in fairness to her, I, I did I had a look up the minutes while you were talking just because I, I wanted to see for my own eyes and I that, like she's, she's had about three hundred minutes for the club in ten matches. So she's averaged about thirty minutes a game. Most of those have been like fifteen minutes here and there, yeah. though. It, it's it, it's not enough really to have a massive impact on the game. So hopefully
2: Carla no, no, gives her a few that, more that's minutes. What I'm I, forward, don't, yeah. I don't think she's played badly for us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I feel like when she plays, when you watch her play for Northern Ireland, I feel like she plays with a bit more freedom, maybe. Yeah. Maybe she feels more, as you said, she hasn't played a lot of minutes for the club. But maybe that's, it might be that she's not comfortable enough to feel that she knows the team well enough that she can mm-hmm. play in this style. Or, because we all know the abilities there. It's blatantly obvious that the abilities there. And I don't know whether it's, I don't know what's, problem but at the moment I feel like she's maybe not reaching the potential that I would like her to reach it's probably me being having high expectations from watching her from before she played for us and just wishing that she'd potentially bring the performances I see for her against when she's playing for her home nation rather than for us and bring hope. it's it's a hard it's difficult because obviously they play in a different formation she's playing with different types of players but um i just I, I i think in the way i'd like to see more from her in a blue shirt and that's not being saying she's not performing for us i just i w- i would personally like to see more
0: yeah i would i would agree i think we we would want to see more of her going forward and and Kaz, let's talk about Bex Holloway, someone who is playing their second and third cap for their country, and both games are career-defining moments, helping your country reach a first major tournament. It just shows how far she's come to get a confidence back since the days of last season, the dark days of last season.
1: Oh, definitely. Like we watched the the first half of that game, because um, I'd been up at stupid o'clock in the morning for work, um, <laughs> and all I can remember is Bex getting challenged and when she went down Um how that wasn't a red to start with is unbelievable. Um, and all I could think of and all I was saying at the TV was, come on Bex, get up because we need as, as a blues team, we need all the players that we can get fit. So, but Bex, she's been absolutely immense for club and country this season. Um for me i think she's been one of the outstanding performers in the island show over the last couple of games um so that'll probably do her some good um but yeah when when you looked at how many players northern ireland had had out nine players and then that was just a, an all mighty phenomenon for them wasn't it last night
0: absolutely so, yeah absolutely absolutely History, You can't help root for these sorts of players who put in that sort of performances against a team which is much better than them and and, uh, exceeding all odds just like Birmingham City do on a week-by-week basis. Uh, The next thing on discussion is the infamous letter. The following bit of news broke like the day after we announced we were going to take a break from the podcast, which is is great timing for us, but it, it means we have a bit more time to digest what happened. The news, of course, being the letter was sent on behalf of the players to the Birmingham City board about the conditions in which they have to train under at the club. If you have any questions for us on this topic, drop them in the chat and we will do our best to answer them as we go. Manager Carl Ward said in a statement that they hadn't wanted the letter to go public, but people remain sceptical about that. Before we get into the, to the specifics of the letter, Stacey, do you think the social media posts by the players were a planned move or was it reactionary after the letter was leaked to the public?
2: Oh, I think it was a reaction. I think the majority of players in the league, full stop, regardless of what club they play for, are professional enough not to um, devolve information to pretty much anyone that would be hazardous to the club in any way, shape or form. Um, I believe that The letter was, I don't think it was intended to be leaked. I think it was a last resort. I think that the club have come out and made a statement. Apparently, this was the first time that they'd heard that the girls wanted to speak to the board, but didn't dispute the fact that they'd had requests for and stuff from the girls. And I think the fact that from the reports that they were immediately dismissed after the letter was put to the board, do I think it was strategically leaked? Potentially. Do I believe but- that the goals and everyone else knew about it no, who knows? Like we no one can sit here and go, it was a definite that they were there, they were doing it, they knew what there was happening. You can't say that it might have been one player that went enough's enough and leaked it. And then the team being what the team is, which I believe is a team that any old fashioned football fan would be like proud of having a team. They've got each other's backs. If one person's gone out and said something, the rest of the team are backing them, regardless. The only reason I believe we're in the position that we're in in the league is because we are a 15-man team. Like, 16, 17 at a push, if everyone's fit, 17, 18. You can't go higher than 18 if everyone's fit, can you, with our team, like... It's, it's a group, like everyone knows, a smaller group, the type the unit, and they are a unit. They are an old-style team. They work for each other, they fight for each other, whether that be on the pitch or whether that be, be behind the scenes. And I think, I don't think the letter was intended to be leaked. I think it was a last resort. Uh, I can't see a team with people who have um, been there for a while, who have friends that are at the club, who have friends who have influence at the club. Um, I don't believe that it's come out of nowhere. This We all know, if you're a Birmingham City women's fan, you know this has been coming for a while. We've all known it. We've all known we've, there's been a disparity in money throughout the league. Throughout the last, I'd go five years, maybe now. Um, we've majority of us have known in the past that there was problems. Even when Mark was at the club, there was problems, and the reason that some players left wasn't due to the fact that Mark left. It was due to the fact that the club had cut fundings, and uh, certain perks of the club were no longer with them. Um, There've been issues around uh, medical expenses for years, where players have had to pay for their own treatment to go private because the club wouldn't fund them. This is not a new thing. We Birmingham City women, it's not. Um, obviously, it was brought up. I think in part of the letter that uh, a player had's parent played paid for their part, of their treatment of some sort or something along along them lines. It's not a new thing. Um, I think it's a well-documented thing that our name drop Trousey Weston, when she did her ACL ended up paying for her own treatment because the club wouldn't fund it. Um, and this is before the day that we went fully professional. So back then you could not excuse it because I still think it's a ridiculous uh, thing that happened back then. Um, but you'd think that how many years later we might have moved on for someone's parents having to step in to pay for treatment. Um, I think it's. I think the letter's been blown out of proportion a little bit. I feel like what they're asking for in the letter was reasonable. If you want to call them demands, call them demands. Um, for me, it's re- a reasonable request for that. It, it's to give them the tools that they need to do what they're out being asking to. Do. And what they are being asked to do at the moment at this precise time is to survive the season and secure WSL status for next season. And to do that, you need basic things and your key basic things are access to facilities that they are currently not being able to access. Uh, which the statement didn't really re- refer to, if we're being honest. Um, they talked about th- there's porter cabins, yeah, we know that, but um, and I know for a fact that the men don't get treated in the porter cabins, and I know that for a fact, <laughs> and, I, and I can tell you all, I know that for a fact, right? Um, <laughs> I know that for a fact, again, that we've been kicked off pitches for an academy team, um, which, let's be fair, can, can be a bit slightly insulting when you're being asked to leave an area where you were hoping to be in that time for um, a academy team that, are not actually playing in a league at the moment because it was suspended. Um, it's. I'm not gonna sit here and go it's sexist and or that jazz because I feel like if you try and pull out the sexist card, it's it's deemed as oh it's just because you're women. I'm turning around and saying if a league is being prioritised that is not actually being playing at for the last how many months over a league. That where you're fighting for your club's survival is a bit of a piss take. Sorry, excuse me, but there's no other word for it. And um, I think, do I think it's been blown out of proportion a little bit? Yes. Um, I'm not even going to go on to the wages side of things because it, there's, until there's clarity on either way, shape, or form, but I know roughly what some certain players are on um and it's not what some people think it might be um it's it's um i'm not yeah i'm not going to comment on the wage situation but at the end of the day the the only thing we can say out of this letter and going forward is that the men's the men of the club need to invest because I'm not even talking that I want the women to be paid on the equal standings of Man City and Man United. I want the women to be paid on a basis of what they should be getting as a minimum wage. They shouldn't be even, even on minimum wage, for what they put in, for the dedication that a footballer puts in, because it's not the hours that they work, it's their whole life. They will miss weddings, they'll miss birthdays. I know people that have missed funerals because they've been at training or they can't do this because they've got a game tomorrow. It's, it's a whole life dedication thing. It's not an hourly-based profession. And for the fact that some of them only get paid a 30-hour a week at minimum wage which is legal, it's legal, is it a bit of a joke when you think, is that all they give up is 30 hours a week of their lives? Like, Craig, you probably go to work for 30 hours a week, you go home, you don't think about work for the next how many hours of that week because you don't need to. They go home and they think about tactics. They sacrifice what they're eating. They don't go out for a drink with their mates on the weekend because they've got a game on Sunday morning they've got their friend's birthday the weekend, but, oh, I can't go to their birthday party because I've got a game the weekend. It's, It's not true. I think people think, oh, the equal wage thing is because they're not meeting national minimum standards. Perhaps we're not meeting national minimum standards. We can't dispute that without the factual evidence in front of us. Do I think, are they getting paid for their worth? Not at all.
0: I think, I think personally, I think everyone, uh, as you mentioned, Kaz, uh, uh, Stacey, sorry, every, everyone has a breaking point. And while these issues haven't happened overnight, it can eventually grind you down to see what little you have to work with as a squad. And when you have a former captain of the club, Keris Harrop, coming out in support, a legend of the club, saying these issues are one of the reasons why she left the club in the summer after over a decade at the club, you know it's bad. And the list of the supporters who have come out and... Um, in, in support, who have been there and done it in recent years, along with Kerris, Rachel Corsi, the captain of Scotland, Destiny Toussaint, who was at the club the, earlier this season, as well as along with Rachel, they've all brought up issues with what's happened, and we've seen the the rehab facilities <coughs> that you mentioned, Stacey, the Porter Cabin. It, it it's not it's far from ideal, and as you as you mentioned, the men don't have to put up with that, and. The players appear to train in the dome, which I'm assuming, given it's indoors, cannot be real grass. So 3G pitches also run the risk of injuries happening, which isn't helpful for players, which we have such a small squad to to deal with already. It was reported that the family family of players, I believe, had to bring in equipment, uh, gym equipment for the players to use recently. And the club responded to that by saying they're now moving equipment to the dome, which to me appears to indicate they've been caught red-handed there. We saw the pictures of the college basketball tournament last month in the US where the women had a set of weights and the men had a whole gym full of weights to use. On the back of that, we see our club didn't think to share some of their equipment with the women's team until they get backlash because they haven't been doing it, which simply isn't good enough. And this one club ethos they preach grinds at me. It has done ever since the women's club became a bigger part of the men's setup. Show us you care about the women's team. Don't tell us. Empty words mean nothing, and I think that's why this has finally come to a head. Am I wrong to say the One Club ethos rings hollow, Stacey?
2: Not at all. Like, as you said, the, the uh, as you referred to then, the women's basketball team at least had a photo of gym equipment to post. Um, we, we had a porter cabin with, with uh, an old rickety bench. Um, so it, it kind of... The the world was in uproar at the disparity between the American basketball teams and I feel like we're in a small comparison to the point where it's like, oh, you've got that, that'd be great if we had that. Um, It's the, the one, I feel is that, I feel we've been on a, a decline since the One Club ethos came in. And I feel like the men's side of the club is being run badly. And if the men's side of the club is being run badly, um, then the women's side hasn't got a chance. And it's a sad thing to say. As a Birmingham fan, I've been a Birmingham fan my whole life. I'm blue through and through, men, women, whatever. I've followed the women for years. I've followed the men my whole life. And it's a sad day for a fan to see here and be like, I genuinely worry for the status of the women's team on a whole. And, um, yeah, it's it's not a nice place to be in, but that's uh, where I'm at at the moment. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah, as you say, um, the club released a statement after the letter leaked and I have read it and picked out a few of the key points. They acknowledged the letter was real, claimed the media reports weren't entirely accurate, admitted there were still challenges to accommodating all the teams at the training centre, claimed due to uh, government government restrictions, the women's team couldn't access a local hotel gym, which they usually use. They don't see staying overnight as a necessary expense due to the geographical proximity of the club to the most sides, i.e. that we're located in the Midlands, the middle of everywhere. The club also goes on to commit to having the women's team, this is the big one, at St Andrews if Blues stay up this season. Stacey, as someone who often goes to St Andrews to watch the men's side, what Mm -hmm. did you make of this carrot of sorts to play the women's team uh, games there next season? Uh,
2: I'm trying not to swear. But right. It's right, so the majority of Birmingham fans who don't follow the women's game are not women's football fans, who see things like the letter on Twitter and see the scores, who, in good faith as a Birmingham fan, like when things like the letter come out, will stand up for the women because they are blue through and through. And it's, even though they don't follow them, the the women so I will stick up for the women I'm against the board which let's be fair 99.9% of Birmingham fans are against the board and want them out so but then 98% of the people are not going to come to St Andrews to watch the women play I'll stick up for them on Twitter and other social media platforms but they're not going to come and watch them play at St Andrews it's not going to happen Planet St Andrews, you will lose a certain amount of following that would have gone to Solio or Moors to follow the women because they have been Birmingham City women's fans, but they are not fans of the men's football team. So they feel that the connection is lost. I mean, there's I know some Birmingham City women's fans that are Villa men's fans and the reason that they follow Birmingham City women is because they followed them for the last... 15 years before the WSL was even in existence and Villa didn't have a team. So they wanted to follow women's football and decided to follow Birmingham. They will not go to sit and watch a Birmingham team at St Andrews. Might go and watch them on their way game, but they won't, will. They, they can't do it. though. They're Villa men's fans through and through. They won't go and see a, a, their rival's team ground just to watch the women. You've then got fans who will feel like they're losing a certain atmosphere, presence of what we feel the women's game is about by going to a dead St. Andrews, because it's a, it's a old school ground that is only atmospheric if it's full. And, I've been to men's games where it hasn't been full and it's like going into a graveyard. We've played there in the past as a women's team, as a treat. Um, And it's been crap. Every time. I've I've never enjoyed us playing at St Andrews. When we first played there, it was a privilege. I've never been a fan of it. And... Um, I will never be a fan of it and I think you will lose a lot of supporters by them moving to St Andrews
0: yeah I think I think also with that you got the case of the women's team as you mentioned they, d- they never play the best football there even when we had one of our best teams a couple of seasons ago we didn't play very well and even when we did play well one of the seasons, the, the pitch was bone dry because the groundskeepers had gone on holiday and it was pretty much a beach yeah. by the time that we went on play at it. That's not fair either to that to the players who could get injured on that sort of pitch. And Oh,
2: it sounds I, I, horrible, but I still, I, I, I'd say, as say, pitch is too big for us.
0: I was I was going to get onto that. Obviously, our game, our game works better with a smaller pitch where we can congest the space yeah. and break away to attack. And if you move, if you move to St Andrews, you, you're going to need to completely change the way we play to make the most of the extra space. But
2: that, the thing and, is, if you're changing the way you play, you're going to need to change your personnel. To change personnel, you're going to need finance from the board, which is it's a big it's a big circle and it's sort of the thing. The thing for me is it it comes about the point of what. Has been a discussion for a while, as if, as in, do as a women's team, do you make the dimensions of the pitch perhaps a goal smaller to make the game more enjoyable to watch? Because let's be fair, has any Blues fan ever gone, or any women's football fan ever gone and watched the team play on a full size, big, big men's pitch, like one of the biggest full size regulation pitches you can have? And genuinely say they've enjoyed watching a game. Like Even when you look at past Wembley games, finals in FA Cups, and you're like, oh, yeah, but they battered them this much. It's like, yeah, but they had much better players on a much wider pitch, which made the team that they were playing look ridiculous because they're much used to playing on much smaller pitches. So it brings about that big argument of whether or not, as we all know, if you're a women's football fan, you know the women's football game is different than the men's in a sense because smaller pitches do make better football games for women. As in the men's game, a wider football pitch makes for a better game. So,
0: yeah, it's hard. It is is hard. And Kaz... And in, in terms of the Hi. letter as a whole, in, in terms, of, hello, you've been you've been sitting patiently there, and I'm, I appreciate that, Cas. Um, obviously the club released that statement, but they didn't really apologise at all in that statement. Do you think that was a mistake not to apologise for the things that have happened?
1: Oh, do you know what? I think the board can just go and do one, can't they? Because you know, what what they're coming out with is a lot of, yeah, bollocks, like. Why all of a sudden are we going to be playing at St Andrews? We, we're not asked. We're not bothered about that. We want to know that the players are getting paid properly. We want to know that the players have got the right equipment. We want to know that the players are getting the right food into them. I'm not asked about next season. I couldn't care less if they're playing at St Andrews next season because, like Stacey said, you're going to lose a lot of those fans going there. So what's what's what is the point about talking about that? Um, so yeah. Uh, for me, it's just ignored everything that's on the thing and put, put basically like, oh, it doesn't really matter about the letter. We're, we're going to go and play at St. Andrew's next season whether we, if we stay up.
0: Yeah, it, it does feel a bit like a smokescreen to try and get, uh, divert attention away from the other issues and um what what happens to the to uh, the club now stacy between now and the next season what what do you think they have to do to make players ready to commit to the to new contracts because i don't think at the moment anyone would want to sign a contract with the conditions they have to put up with
1: not being funny hang on would you sign a new contract if it was put in front of you
0: that's what that's what i'm saying what what, what does the club need to do from this point on to make players change their minds
2: this, this is the thing any like i, I On one hand, I can see where the club's coming from. Both the men and the women are still technically fighting for survival. So, therefore, at this present moment in time, you can't talk about budgets and X, Y, and Z. If, as a fan, which you're going to, you're going to look at it from positive all angles, um... If the men stay up, and the women stay up, I think perhaps this year has been a spotlight on the club of this isn't working with the men. Maybe this is this board members or this hopefully this CEO is not working. This path we've gone down for a while is not working. Uh, the, the women were in this such of a bad situation. We don't want to ha- that happen again. And uh, as a fan, I'm saying, Going right, well, I hope they both stay up and hope they invest. And it's a hope. Do I think it's going to happen? I think that that we're both going to stay up, Um, especially at, at this at this moment of broadcast. Stacey believes that both Birmingham City men and Birmingham City women will stay up. Uh, but do I think the board will invest in both clubs? No. And I think go. it's. I, I, f- I feel like if the men don't invest, we will be very much left behind. And that's sad.
0: Absolutely. And. There is obviously going to be an influx of money next season from the, Bar- the Barclays deal and also the new TV deal. And Birmingham City women could become somewhat self-sufficient because of that, but we wouldn't be world-beaters and you'd probably get just enough to get by again. It's, it's, it's also...
2: On, I think it self-sufficient fully, like we was a few years back, where we supported the name, but we had no investment and no influx within the club. Um, I feel like it'd be a completely different story. Um, we I worry myself personally with the influx of money from the TV deals. Will the board look at that influx of money and go, Well, they did okay this season on this and X amount of money, which the money per this season side, where we haven't really done all right we've exceeded expectations massively, we've just about survived, we've had a letter put into the board about conditions, um, which even makes you think we've exceeded even more expectations that we or- than we already believe to have been happening. Do, do you then worry, I, I do, that the board will go, well, they've done all right with this, mate. Next year, they're, they're going to have even more money because they're getting that money from the TV deal. We don't need to give them any more. And that's what I worry about. I worry that they will go, oh, we don't need to give them any more money. We'll give them what we give them last year. And then they've got the TV money. They can keep all of that. That'll do them. Which it yeah. won't. Because other clubs will still invest. And then they'll still have that TV money. So, But, yeah, that's, that's my main concern at the moment.
0: Absolutely. And we've seen, we've got the accounts for the 2018-19 season already, um, I think already there, which was about a half a million pounds on wages, which, which covered the coaching staff and the players last season. I'm predicting that's going to go massively down when we get the reports out in probably about June time. And then this year, we, well, next year, when we get this, this season's accounts, I'm I'm guessing it's going to go down again yeah, or about the same. Yeah. Realistically it's probably going to go down. So we're going to be looking at two seasons where we cut the budget even more and more. And there's got to be a limit where you stop doing that and actually put money into, because otherwise the bottom's going to fall out and everything's going to go to, to crap and everything's going to go down. And we're, we're almost to that point where we already are. And it's it's really unfortunate that we're in this position. And it's quite sad um, that we're in the year where we're celebrating 10 years of the WSL, the women's super league, and that we're having to talk about inadequate working conditions for our players and it's, it's just it's just a sad situation. And on a, on a brighter note, we're back to a bit of football this weekend. Next up for Birmingham City is Coventry United, a women's uh, where am I looking? A women's championship side that will be buzzing after fighting off relegation of their own with a win over Blackburn last time out. I had a chance to interview their manager Jay Bradford in the past, and she's a really driven coach. She led them to the women's National League South title in 2019, and then because she didn't have the UEFA license at the time had to step down as manager so the team wouldn't be disadvantaged when they went in the championship. Bradford was then allowed on the course later uh, recently over the last past last year and was restored to manager after a replacement didn't work out. There are a number of former Blues players at Coventry, some perhaps before their time as fans, uh, before Blues fans might know. Sue Wood, Keely Davis and Destiny Toussaint have all featured for Blues in the past. Goalkeeper Sue Wood has been a part of the Coventry setup for a long time now, but before that, she made 87 appearances for Birmingham City. I'm a big fan of Coventry and what they do as a club, and I'm glad to see they weren't relegated from the Championship this season. In fact, it was former Blue, Keeley Davis, with the goal that sealed their survival last time out. What do you expect from this game, Kaz? It's a game that Coventry have nothing to lose and Blues will have everything they have to do to secure the win. We
1: played a pre-season friendly against Coventry a few months. Few months back um, and we give all the people that were coming back from injury so I'm probably guessing that's roughly what it's going to be like again um, Sunday I don't think I think Carla wants to go up there and win it but I think she has one eye on the table in the league um, yeah that's basically it because I'm not really bothered about the FA Cup. I couldn't care less if we got to the final because at the end of the day, for me, I want to secure safety in the WSL. And if that means losing a game against Coventry to keep our best players fully fit for Man City the following week, then I'd rather do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it... it
1: I do have every faith in all players, by the way, that we could beat Coventry. I just, you know.
0: Oh, no, no, no doubt about that, Kaz. Um, it's obviously a situation where the FA Cup's going to um, bleed into the next season again, once again. Obviously, the ne- this round, I think, is going to be the last one, although this round or the next round will be the last one before the, the summer break. And. Um, another player that we know fairly well, Destiny Tucson, uh, had re- has really impressed me since joining United from uh, Birmingham City. She has a physicality that is a nightmare for defences and there's the pace to back it up too. I don't think we saw the best of her at blues, Stacey, but is she someone who could cause problems on Sunday?
2: Um, possibly. Like as as you said, we did obviously we didn't see her in the, in in the flesh play for Birmingham. Girl. Um I don't think we've seen enough of her in a blue shirt. So the majority of blues fans probably won't know what she's really about. Yeah, so it's um it's 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 one of the hard... it's a difficult one to George, obviously. Commentary haven't been in training, they've with with the pandemic they're not gonna be in the, the state that we're in. Um then it's the case of, do we play maybe a weaker team? Um, But no, I think Destiny's gonna go out there and do a job. Um, I don't think she has any grudges against us or anything like that. I think it was just um, circumstances maybe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a game that we can watch live on the television, which is a rarity for us nowadays. 12.30 on the BBC Red Button on Sunday for the Coventry game. Um, before we go, we'll just uh, quickly go round for a uh, look at some of the... I put I put in the um, YouTube chat earlier before the episode got underway that what is your favourite memory from the first 10 years of the WSL involving Birmingham City? Martha Gray has put beating Chelsea on penalties to get to the 2017 FA Cup final. That was certainly a great day. I remember I had to leave early on that day, that the day of the penalties. So I was watching the penalties on my phone as I was walking back to the train with my girlfriend. And I jumped into her arms when we when when she scored the winning penalty, Ellen White. That was a fantastic day that was and uh, Kaz, what about you? What was your favorite memory of the last 10 the first 10 years of the WSL? As a blues fan,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, any any memory you want, Kaz given that given you've moved around quite a bit.
1: Right. So, <laughs> I'm going to say, as a Blues fan, I probably would have to go with Ellen White, the FA Cup, or when we beat Manchester City. But I've got to say, Coco scoring against Sunderland for Liverpool because she's like one of my all-time favourite players. So, yeah. That was quite a special moment. I think that was mine and Stacey's first date um, when, when she banged that goal in against Sunderland. So, yeah. It was. was pretty, it was our first moment. moment.
0: And the rest pretty, is history.
1: It, exactly. But, yeah, that was a fantastic night. We actually night.
2: at the Carling Cup quarter final between Birmingham and... I can't pronounce the name, but I've gone...
1: Champions League, not Carling Cup, people. Yeah. Champions League <laughs> semi-final against Teresa. Thank you. To At you the more To do this, to yeah. do... Yeah, I can't say it.
0: <laughs> That's fine. It was certainly a great moment. You've had great moments over the years. Obviously, the Champions League, the FA Cup win. You've had, the, obviously, the first two seasons where we pushed Arsenal to close to the league title, which many people nowadays won't know that we were that good back those back in those days that we missed out on the title just by a few points in the first season. Uh, you've obviously had great players over the years and it's certainly a lot of great memories. Um John Hume, friend of the show, would like to wish Kaz a very happy birthday. Which Thanks, is John. I think that's a lovely part to end on. John is a massive uh fan of football and a great friend of everyone on the show. Uh Keely has put, love you, Kaz. Love friend friend of the Kaz and Stacey there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a question for the pair of you before the show ends. Go on okay. then. Right. He's one, and I want people's comments as well if you can. Do yeah, we think free. Carla Ward is going to be manager of the blues next season, or do you think she's going to go?
0: You're very you're very mean putting this question to us now. From... Well,
1: I haven't had a chance to speak, you see, because Daisy's been taking all the line like on my birthday. <laughs> I I I would would,
0: would like to wait until the end of the season. (laughs) But um, if Liverpool announce a manager before the end of the season, I will say yes, she'll be there next season. If they don't, then I'll be worried. I'll say that.
2: I think if the board do not back the women's team, then she will definitely not be here. But I think the Liverpool job would probably potentially be a great job for her.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think as a Liverpool fan, there's that sort of job you wouldn't turn around if you if you get offered it. But um, it, it would be a sad, it would be a sad shame for all of us, given how much we've come to adore her in a very short time at the club. She, and... she
2: she she's a great. I think she's a great up and coming coach. To be fair, so um, I don't I don't think majority of people would blame her if she moved on. Um, with the type of season that it seems the club has had.
0: I, th- I, think, I think in terms of the club, I don't think we could have a season worse in terms of things off the field than this. No, one, no. Actually. I
2: think even Marta <laughs> got it easier than Carla did. And, that, and that's saying something. At least Mark had a budget to go out and try and do something like Carla had. I, I, I believe potentially... Zilch.
0: <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think she seemed to spend much any, anything, anything. Anything in January? She really? No, no. She, 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 was, she managed to get great players, players. in with, for, for nothing. Yeah.
2: I think she went on her knees, hands and knees, to some people, going, "Please, can you can you loan me someone? <laughs> no, I need to put I a th- teammate because <laughs> I don't I've, think we've actually brought a player in. How long has it been now? Well, I don't think we've bought a player, have we?
0: I, 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 I no, can't. we keep
2: them, but we—I don't think.
0: Yeah. We buy them. <laughs> that, that is true. Yes, we keep letting them—the contracts expire and letting them yeah, go. I,
2: I don't think I can't remember the last time we got excited over a. Uh, oh wow, we've we've signed this person since. Uh, I got
1: excited when we signed Claudia Walker, people.
0: No, no that was, that was a while ago. Then now, though, that, that was a yeah, while ago. Very yeah.
1: She's been here I, for a while now, like I'm.
0: I can't remember the last time I think, song I think, I think right. in terms of excitement when Beck's Holloway was announced, I, that's when I saw some of the clips from the college games, I was like, this is gonna be amazing. She's like <laughs> set piece extraordinaire, but it, it she just had on the chances. But uh, yeah, and then she got put got, got changed to a defender and Bex the rest is like,
2: <laughs> it's been a while since Beck signed, hasn't it though like, Yeah. Like, if you think about it, it's 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 been a while. Like we I think we were all forgetting that the business that Carla did was the loans that we've had in, in yeah. january obviously we've spoke about how little time period she had between being appointed and actually the first game in the season so really you can only judge her on the january transfer window where we literally got in loan signings and i think as as we've all can gather they're they're not we've poached them from first team squads
0: and they were, they were they were risky signings in terms yeah. of players unproven at this level. Yeah, it? and it was,
2: I think you've got to give Carla the credit there. Of of she's obviously she knows what she's doing with up and coming players, and I think that will stand her in good stead going in the future. Because as I think we've kind of all agreed on partly that she potentially won't be here next season.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of, it just shows how good of a job that she's done and how her, how rep- how good a reputation is that player that em- managers like Emma Hayes is willing to give some of her best young players to her for a well, season. Well, I think she said in season, an
2: interview, yeah. didn't she, that uh, Emma's turned around to her or something along the lines of, uh, if you need anything, give me a shout. The ne- ne-
0: next day, hello. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again. I
2: think she said to Kaz after we watched that something along the lines of, do you think she was literally on the phone going, you know that emily you've got um maybe she's not getting played do you, do you fancy setting her up the uh the motorway for a bit like <laughs> she's
0: she, she got the wikipedia page up for the academy players going is this yeah. one available is this one available yeah.
2: yeah this one seems all right she's only 17 do you need her no can we have her
0: <laughs> why not just ask what about you what about you kaz we'll flip the question back on you
2: Kaz doesn't know the question because she's been watching the
1: highlights of the Champions League game at half time. (laughs) My head's saying yes. My heart's saying no. I just think the way the club's being run at the minute, um, I don't think I'd want to basically work there if if it's run the way it is being run. Um, But like you said, if the Liverpool job is up still at the end of the season and she goes for it, then people would probably say to step back, obviously being in the champion being uh, managing the championship, and then she's gone to the WSL and then if she goes to Liverpool a lot she'd be like going back to the championship. But if you look at Liverpool's budget compared to ours, look at their training facilities better than ours, better than ours, because I'd probably take half the Liverpool squad if I could and put it in the Birmingham squad so it's it's a hard one like. I'd like to say she'd be here next season because well, like you said, what she's done for us this season's been phenomenal. Like she's made a few fans fall back in love with the game. I will be generally heartbroken if she does go just putting that out there, because I think if it wasn't for Carla this season, I wouldn't be watching women's football, So yeah, I'm hoping she stays, but like I said, I think I think she may just go if the board don't back her.
0: Let's hope they do, and I think that's a good place to end the show. That's all for this week's show. Thanks to Kaz and Stacey for joining me. You've been listening to the Bromis Blue podcast. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Bromis Blue, and as always, remember to keep right on.